It's John chapter 7. John chapter 7, verse 37 for part 3 of this message entitled Rivers of Living Water. Rivers of Living Water. This is something that we as Christians should be experiencing. We should be experiencing rivers of living water. And we'll see tonight that Jesus, when he said this, this promise, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And maybe we can talk tonight about why he, why he didn't just come right out and say, those that believe upon me as the Scriptures have said, the Holy Spirit will be pouring out through your life. Maybe we'll talk about why he didn't just say that outright and why he said what he did. But let's read it first in John chapter 7, verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the Scriptures have said, out of his belly, meaning his heart, shall flow rivers of living water. But this spoke he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. And We know he's talking about the Holy Spirit here. He's referring to the Holy Spirit here as the rivers of living water. And last week we talked about when you were born again, those, that well of salvation, you, you literally became a well of salvation. You are not the salvation, but you have a well now that's tapped into the rivers of living water, and that's how they flow into you and out of you. Last week, we talked about some of the manifestations, some of the fruit of these rivers of living water, and we'll do that here in a few minutes again tonight uh, in a little different way. But he says, come unto me and drink. You have to come to Jesus and you have to drink. Now, now you, everybody, hopefully we know, all of us know what it means to come to Jesus. It means come to him by way of the scriptures having spoke of him. And that means by who he was promised to be for us, which was Savior, Redeemer. And he says, come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scriptures has said, out of his belly, his heart shall flow rivers of living water. And again, this he's speaking of the spirit that they that believe on him should receive. Well, we rece we've received the spirit. We've received the spirit of God. We were born again. That means we've received rivers of living water. We've not received a little stream. We've received, we've received rivers of living water, and our lives should look like it. Amen. Our lives should look like it. Rivers of living water. You know, in Ezekiel, I think it's chapter 47, there's a, a, a story given of a river, uh, a man having a line in his hand, and he's measuring, walking the prophet out in different depths of the water, and he tells him that everywhere this river goes, whatever it touches will live. When, this ri when these rivers touched you, you became alive. 
Your spirit that was dead and severed of God, the Bible says your spirit now is alive because of righteousness, Romans 8 and 10. Your spirit is now alive. You have a new spirit, a new heart because of righteousness. That means because of what Jesus did at Calvary, your heart trusting in that, believing unto that, yielding yourself, giving yourself to that truth that it was for you, all of a sudden you were born again, you had tapped into these rivers of living water and you have now as we talked about through the prophet Isaiah prophesied that that we can draw water out of the wells of salvation now at any moment no matter where you are the mess you find yourself in the water is available Amen. Whether it's somebody else causing you problems or it's like me most times, just me causing my own self my problems, I can drink at any time. I can stop what I'm doing. I can take a step back and say, what are you doing? It's time to get a drink. Hallelujah. It's time to get focused on Jesus and think about what he's done for me. Praise him for what he became to me at Calvary. So I was studying this, and I, I did wonder why didn't he just come right out and say, if you believe on me as the Scriptures has said, the Holy Spirit will work in your life. Well, the first reason is he's under the law still. He's under the law still, and the re main reason is given is because the Holy Spirit was not yet given, tells us here, and couldn't be given until he died. And... I believe we need to recognize tonight that believing on Christ as the Scriptures have said, that is really not limited to one thing in the Old Testament, but I believe he is referring to mainly one thing here. And that is that he is the rock that was stricken where the rivers of life flow out of him. You know the story of Moses striking the rock because God told him to. You go back to Exodus and read that story. And before he, Moses strikes the rock, the Lord tells Moses, you, I'll be standing on the rock I want you to strike. I want you to think about that. Moses would see the Lord standing on the rock. He would tell him to strike. Now, now I, do, I do want you to think about that. Because the Lord, he's standing at Calvary. He stands with those who have their faith in the stricken rock of ages. I'll be standing on the rock that I want you to strike. The equivalent to that in the New Testament is if we walk in the light as he is in the light if we walk where he's walking. You understand that? He's not just walking anywhere. I can't just make up where he's walking and imagine in my mind he's walking in light. And I, if I'm going to walk with him, I have to walk in the light he's walking in. And that light is the light of who he is as Redeemer, the light that came on to you when you heard the gospel, the light of his righteousness that made you alive when you believed that. Amen. So he's, he's speaking here, I believe, specifically, not just as because all the Scriptures 
are talking about Jesus. He said that. The volume of the book is written of me. That's written in Psalms 40, verse 7. Again, Hebrews 10 and 7. The scriptures are about him. John 5, 39, Jesus said, You search the scriptures in them. You say you have life, but they testify of me. Your Bible is your Jesus book. That better be what we're seeing when we're in the Word. Amen? Do you realize that if, if you're hearing something that's not pointing you to Jesus, you're just gaining some information? If you're hearing anything, even what's written in the Bible, if it doesn't climax with Jesus and really who he is and what he did at Calvary, you're just gaining knowledge. Knowledge. But see, the Holy Spirit wants to impart truth to your heart so your feet can be found walking in truth. Amen. I mean, I've watched things recently that are encouraging. I've watched things that are encouraging, but they're not conforming me into the image of Christ. There's only one thing I can behold and be found being changed into that image. Amen. I can be encouraged by a lot of things. And I am. I am. But I can only be conformed into the image I'm called to be conformed to if I'm beholding that. So that lets me know that the Scriptures, all the Scriptures, are there for me to see Jesus, the one whose image I was created in, the one I'm being made conformable to in His death. Amen. So when Jesus says, Come unto me and drink, and if you believe on me as the Scriptures have said, out of your belly, your heart will flow rivers of living water. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. You got to get that tonight. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Everything that God has ever done, He's done it. And hear me tonight, everything. Everything that God has ever done, He's done through Christ by His Spirit. Everything. The creation of the worlds, he did it through Christ by his Spirit. Amen. Even our salvation through Christ, but by his Spirit. Through Christ, but by his Spirit. Everything. God has never done anything without his Holy Spirit being the agent by which he does everything. It's by the Spirit, but it's through Christ. This is how the Godhead is always involved in everything. The Godhead is involved in everything. The, doesn't the Bible say uh, concerning Jesus that the fullness of the Godhead was in him, in his body while he walked on the earth? You didn't see them. You saw Jesus. But the Father was carrying out his will through his Son by his Spirit. You and I have to have these rivers of living water flowing in and through us if we're going to be involved in the will of God. The will of God does not just get carried out without the rivers of living water. Everybody okay? All right. The will of God cannot happen in my life without these rivers of living water. What am I saying? Without the Holy Spirit. Rivers of living water are not what probably, not, not probably, they're not what we've made it out to be some big entertaining show. Rivers of living water, Jesus said, is the Holy Spirit that will be flowing out of your innermost being for what? To carry out the will of God. Number one, foremost, to be experiencing our salvation. 
Because when we're experiencing our salvation, we're experiencing our Savior. You do know that, right? When you're, when you're experiencing any aspect of your salvation, you're experiencing your Savior because He is your salvation. I want to experience more of Jesus. Amen. But, he's, but I believe he's referring here because it's the living waters that believing on him, he's promised being that of the Spirit. I believe he's mainly referring, uh, although I believe he's talking about the whole Bible because he is the living word, but I believe he's talking about where the living waters come from, him. He's the one, Jesus walked around, he he had the spirit without measure. Doesn't the Bible say that in John 3, that Jesus had the spirit of God without measure? That That means he was full of the rivers of life. Everything he touched lived, right? Everything he touched was made whole. Because he, he, he was, he, he carried with him, listen, the spirit without measure, the rivers of living water without measure. Everything he touched came to life. Mary Magdalene had seven, seven devils. He touched her, cast them out, and she followed him the rest of her life, or the rest of his life. Well, she followed him the rest of her life. <laughs> But she just followed him in the flesh till he died. Think about that. He, he embodied not just the Father, but the Holy Spirit. He embodied all of the Godhead. He embodied the river of living water. And now because we believe in him as the scriptures have said to believe on him and as the scriptures describe him to us, we believe on him. And if we keep our faith where it was when we first tapped in, so to speak, of the rivers of living water and God unlocked, he gave us a well. He gave us a well. I described it last Wednesday or I think maybe one of the broadcasts in the studio that we have a well at home. A hole was dug. There's a river running through it. I saw it with my own eyes. And and then they ran pipe down to it and what was in the river started shooting out the top of the pipe. That's what happened to you when you got saved. Because you believe, you touched Jesus, he touched you, and anything the river touches, you became alive. You were no longer dead, hallelujah. Rivers of living water begin to come up in you and that's what caused your mouth to confess unto salvation. It wasn't just uh, something that you felt. It was something that was working in you. It was truth spiritually. You believed the right object and rivers of living water began to flow up in your innermost being. And you knew now something. You were now something that you were not. You knew something you did not know. You saw in a way you'd never seen. You were now hearing in a way that you'd never heard. You you were speaking now in a way that you'd never spoken before because he saved you and he changed you. And he's still doing that, I hope. He will if you stay tapped in to the well. By believing on the scriptures, on him, as the scriptures have said. What do you have to do? 
Not all this other stuff, it's good to know, but if you want the rivers to flow in you and out of you, you've got to be believing on Jesus, as the Scriptures have said. That first time was just the first time. you got access to that anytime. you got access to that anytime. Shame on us for not experiencing this all time. Amen. Rivers of living water, the Holy Spirit. Let's turn tonight now, if we could, to 2 Peter chapter 1. We'll try to uh, work our way through this a little bit. and uh, You know, the whole Bible, if you look at the Bible properly, you'll find Christ. You'll find Christ. And, and, and if you believe what you're reading as it pertains to Christ, because it has to pertain to Him before it can pertain to you, you're in Him. People told me all the time when I was about y'all's age over there, young, they'd tell me when I was growing up, they'd say, just read your Bible, son, you'll find yourself in there. And every time I'd read it, I'd say, I still ain't found me in here. And I'd put it away. somebody tell me, just read the Word, son, you'll find, you'll find yourself in there. And I'm, I'd, I'd pick it up again, read it, I still ain't seeing me. You gotta, you ain't, you're, looking, you're not looking for you. You're looking for Christ. This is your Jesus book. He's your Genesis, your beginning. He's your revelation. He, he's the end. He, he's everything to us. And if the Bible is going to relate to us at all, it's first Holy Spirit's going to be showing us that which is of Jesus. Isn't that what Jesus said he would do when he came? He'll take of mine and show it to you. Whose will he take of? Not a preacher, not a denomination. Jesus said he will take of mine and show it to you. Why? So rivers of living water can never stop flowing through you. Amen. I'm not talking about uh, uh, something you feel. And, and you, you can have rivers of living water flowing through you if you laid in a hospital bed. You know, I'm, well, I'm down and I'm sick. I got COVID. I, I guess I don't know how long it'll be before I can get back to having rivers of living waters flowing through me. There's no condition. You ain't got to be somewhere in some certain condition. All you got to do is believe on Jesus as the Scriptures have said, but it's got to be Jesus you're believing on as the Scriptures have said, not just any old thing. Amen. The Word can be a light for your path, but you got to be believing on Jesus. You hear me say it? I've said it before. There's no other object of faith other than in Christ. Nothing. Not healing, not for a spouse. Those are things you want God to do for you. There's only one place God has offered you to put your faith inside, and that's in Christ. Everything else is for. It's like that scripture that Paul wrote Timothy, and let me see if I can find it. Let me see. Y'all give me a half second. Oh. 2 Timothy 3.16, Sister Marissa, quick fingers. 2 Timothy 3.16. This is just a little rabbit trail just for a moment. All Scripture, 2 Timothy 3 and 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. What's the next word? 
2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Let's start over. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for... What's the next word? No, what's the next word? For doctrine. What's the next word? For reproof. What's the next word? For correction. For instruction. Where? In righteousness. In righteousness. And remember what we've learned here at Crossway Church, that faith is not Bible faith if it's not coming through righteousness. It comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. But if we're not hearing the Word of God in its righteous context, faith can't come. It can't come. has no access, has no avenue to come through outside of righteousness, 2 Peter 1 and 1. And that's right where we are, by the way. I want to show you that. Highlight it in your Bibles. Read it and shout the high praises of God. Your faith can be for a million things, 10 million things. But your faith can't be in anything but in Christ Jesus, meaning in his death. 2 Peter chapter 1, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace, everybody say the Spirit of grace is the Spirit of God. Grace is not something just floating around. Grace is what God does. And Peter's writing here that he's hoping, he's praying that grace and peace is going to be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. How's that? Through what he's writing. What he's been given of God. What he's writing here. He knows the Lord has given this to write. He's writing it. He sends it. And his hope is, his prayer is, that grace and peace will be multiplied when the people read it. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power. Now, what's his divine power? The divine power is the Holy Spirit. Rivers of living water. The Holy Spirit. Rivers of living water. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Who gives us the knowledge that we've received? Not a preacher. The Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit doesn't give it to me, I don't get it. I can't talk you into anything. You can't talk me into anything. You might get a hold of something. I might get a hold of something. Uh, the Lord has shown me things through ministers. He's shown you th things through your spouse or your kids or whoever, and the light came on when you heard it. But it wasn't them showing it to you. It was this them maybe showing it to you in the Word. It's written, look at this, and then the Holy Spirit put it in your heart. He, he put it in your heart so he could guide you in it. It's the Holy Spirit. And the reason we're over here in Second Peter talking about rivers of living water is because I want you to see in this portion of Scripture, that all these things is what the Holy Spirit does. I can't do it. I can't wake up one morning and say I'm going to be good today. I can do that, but I won't be good because I said that. 
I'm just going to love everybody today. Lord, I'm, I just, I have wrecked all week. Today, I'm loving everybody. I know. No, it don't work that way. How it does work, and there's only one way it will work, is if I take in with my heart, I yield my heart to the truth of Christ crucified, and then the Holy Spirit is able to flow those rivers of living water up and through me, and I can love you. Uh-huh. You know, you can love me when you want to slap me. I'm, I'm being real. You can love people when your flesh would like to slap them upside the head. Amen. I mean, we're not pretenders around here. We don't pretend that uh, just, just because we're loving you and tolerating you and going on, we know that's the will of God and the Holy Spirit is empowering us to do it. That don't mean in the background that we don't want to just kick fire out of you. You know it's true. You know it's true. But see, the Holy Spirit is greater than our flesh because the cross overcame our flesh. Our flesh was crucified there. That's why your heart's got to be yielded there so the Holy Spirit can work in you and through you and you can love when you really, your flesh would rather do something else. When you wake up on Sunday morning and you really don't want to go to church, but the Holy, you look to Calvary, Lord, I need help. Thank you for the blood. The Holy Spirit says, yeah, you, you need to go today. Uh-huh, yeah, you're the pastor. Uh-huh. Oh, I love to go to church. Robin and I say it all the time. I just want to go to church. And we have a good time with that. But I promise you, that ain't every moment. Amen. Y'all know what it's like? Y'all are, y'all are real just as I am. Verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. That's partaking of what the Holy Spirit... This is partaking of the rivers of living water. Partake, you got to be a partaker. If you're trying to imitate Christ, go ahead and sign off on it. It's a failure. You can't do it. It's an impossibility. God wants you to know you can't be like Christ without partaking of Christ. And the only partaking place is yielded to his death. You can't be like Jesus. You cannot be like Jesus without the rivers of living water. Amen. You need the rivers. You need the Holy Spirit to be able to at least, to even partake of him. I read recently where when we're trying to imitate Jesus, we're, we're like an uh, actor in a play that can't remember his lines. We just keep messing up. That's how we are. We're not called to imitate Christ. We're called to partake of him. That's what we're called to. And you partake of him, not by going to church, not by reading your Bible. You partake. Those things are good and needful, but you partake of him only where you partook of him the very first time. You yielded to the truth of the gospel from the heart. That by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. The divine nature among men is the nature of the lamb. That's the nature of the lamb. That's what, what God saw on the cross that he's trying to get us all to never look away from, and I mean that literally, because while you're looking there, rivers are flowing, hallelujah. And I don't mean you have to stand around and say cross and it literally think about the cross every second, but what I do mean is you can't be trusted in nothing else. And if you're doing dumb, 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 that means you're not trusting, you're not looking where you need to be looking. 
Oh, I'm going to say that again. If you're doing dumb, 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 that means you're not looking where you need to be looking. If you're looking where the Holy Spirit is showing you, he's pointing to Calvary. He never stops pointing to Calvary. You don't have to be thinking about Calvary every second of your ever breath, but you can't be trusting in nothing else. And if you're like me, and I think you are, you need to be thinking about it all the time. Because every time I get caught not thinking about it, I'm writing a whole novel of what I need to do and what I shouldn't have done and what they did and what they're doing, and I'm writing a whole novel. Anybody got any novels written? We need to have a burning party. We got whole stories and books written. Ain't none of it even real. Go to bed at night writing novels instead of looking to Calvary. Y'all know what I'm talking about. What if? And I, I can't believe. And oh, I don't know. And oh, how do I just go to sleep? Look at Calvary and go on to sleep. Partake of the divine nature. When God saw Jesus on the cross, he didn't see a bloody slab of meat laid up on it, although that's what it looked like. The Bible says he was marred beyond recognition. What God saw was a hum fully humble, the epitome, perfection of humility. He saw humility and obedience all the way unto death in a man that was trusting only in the righteousness of God. That is the nature of the Lamb. That is what we're being made conformable to. That's what I want, more humility. I want to be found more. I'm obedient already in my position because he's obedient, but I want that obedience to be found here in my life. Hallelujah. Because Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. I want my love proven true, not just lip service. Amen. It takes the Holy Spirit. Partaking of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We did that when we were saved when we first tapped into the rivers of living water, they begin to run up through us and everything changed. Every, the Bible says, behold, everything has passed away. All things have passed away. This is what we should be looking to Calvary and seeing in the reflection that I'm not who I was. And I'm not going the direction I was going. Now I'm somebody new in the one who gave his life for me and I'm going his way now. He says in verse 5 here, and again we're here reading this because what we're about to read especially now is what will be happening in our lives if, we are, if the river's touching us. If the river is allowed to flow in us. The Bible says, and beside this, giving all diligence, and it means, but also for this very reason, give all diligence. How, 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 how much? How often? Sold out, sold to it. Sold to it. This is the process I'm in. Anything that don't pertain to this, I've opted out. Anything, that, anything that's not allowing me to, to add to my faith, uh, uh, and, and let's read these. Anything, anything that's not in this process, is because, if I'm not experiencing this, it's because river, I'm, the rivers, I'm not touching them. I'm not partaking of them. 
And if I'm not partaking of the rivers of living water that I have access to, Peter, we'll read it in just a minute, he says it's because I've gone blind. If you're not drinking, you'll go blind. If you're not partaking, you'll go blind. You and I can get caught just in going to church, going through the motions. We can just go, be going through the motions, doing everything, just doing what we're supposed to be doing. But all of a sudden, the Lord catches us off guard and says, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you doing what you're doing? Are you partaking or are you just doing? Are you partaking or are you just doing? You have to be partaking. Your doing has to be due to your partaking. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit being able to work in your life. He can't work if your faith is not in the cross. That's the new covenant law. He can't work in your life if your faith is not in what allowed the rivers to flow. So let's read this. And beside this, giving all diligence. My Lord, this has become your life effort now. All diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. That means love. This process of rivers of living water flowing in our lives, this is the experience. There's God's adding. He's multiplying. He's increasing. Hallelujah. He's multiplying. He's increasing. Everybody got that? Understand that. If you're partaking, if you're drinking, if this is not going on in your life, you can be a believer, but you're just not believing right. We call all Christians believers, but not all Christians are believing believers. We did believe, but are we believing? We have to be found believing. Not just, oh yeah, I believe. We have to be from the heart believing. That means the heart is touching something. Whatever faith touches, it's given to it. Whatever faith you say you got faith in the cross, then you're given to that way. That's not just something we say, something we want part of the group we want to be a part of. If, you, if your heart is at Calvary, you're given to that way of God. You're partaking there. Verse 8, For if these things be, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren, meaning useless, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. All these things come through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not, it's not just reading my Bible. It's what the Holy Spirit imparts to me when I'm reading my Bible. Ever since the message of the cross, the Lord brought this great truth to me. This is the Lord, so I'm not boasting in me. I'm boasting in Him and His grace and what He's able to do. I can't open my Bible without getting on fire and having something I want to talk about. I can't open my Bible without seeing how it pertains to Jesus. You remember my story when the Lord showed me the cross was the answer, not just for Easter and Sunday, but the cross was the answer for everything, everything. Any answer you're looking for from God, you've got to be looking to Calvary if you're going to get the answer. And I asked the Lord, how am I going to preach this the rest of my life? And I meant that. And I, I know it was a, a question of ignorance because I didn't understand 
what I was saying. But how am I going to pray? The cross is it. I get it. I get it. I believe it. I'm accepting it. I I believe. But how am I going to preach this message the rest of my life? And he didn't answer me right then, but he answers me every day. When I open this book, there it is. That's what he's showing me. Why? Some people have heard this and they've said, well, he shows me different stuff. No, you're not. No, 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 no. He's delivering you always unto the death of Jesus because that's what you have to see first before he can show you anything else in this book. You had to be born again, first of all, to have eyes to see at all. And Peter here is saying if we lack these things, if that means if we're not partaking of the rivers of living water, we're not partaking of this process. These things aren't in us. They're not increasing. This is not what's being added to my life. I, Lord, I know more names of this, that, and the other in the world than I know anything about the Bible. Amen. We need to be drinking. We need to be partaking. We need to, we want, we, I mean... All you got to do is have a heart for the Lord. And that, that, that can't be on your own conditions. A heart for the Lord. Do you, do you know there's a, a verse in Psalms 34, 8 that says, If you delight in the Lord, He'll give you the desires of your heart. Do you know the word delight means pliable and moldable? That's what delight means. You look it up. Not in the Webster's Dictionary. Pull from the Strong's, where, where they pull from to put that word in the Bible, delight. If you delight in the Lord, that means he has your heart and it's moldable and pliable because that's the only heart he can put his desires into. I said he can't put his desire into a heart that's not moldable and pliable unto him. But there is not a person on the planet that he's not wanting to put his desires, his desires in our hearts because it's his desire the only thing he's going to carry out is his desire we didn't receive these rivers of living water to carry out the desires of our own hearts we received the rivers of living water to experience the life they give us every day amen he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Rivers of living water. Everything in the Bible that God is trying to show you, impart to you, he can only do it through Christ by his Spirit. You're a Christian. You're saved. You're on your way to heaven. But are you drinking? Are you partaking of this divine nature that when you are, you, you're, you're giving all diligence? Lord, today I want, I want my faith added to. See, it all starts with faith. That's the first thing the Holy Spirit says, add to your faith. Because if you don't have that right, can't nothing be added to you. And if it's not the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you, God can't add to any other faith. That's the only faith he gave you. That's the only faith you live by. That's the only faith he can add to. Amen. Everybody know that. Not just any old faith. Yeah, I'm living by faith. 
Okay. What faith is that? <laughs> Rivers of living water. Everything that God wants to do in your life, he'll do it through your faith in Christ by his spirit. Okay. Let's look over here. Let me see. Yeah. Let's look at another scripture in Hebrews 9, 14. Hebrews chapter 9, 14. We'll quit here. Maybe. Hebrews chapter 9, 14, to show us a little deeper tonight, if we can see this. The Lord wants to show us tonight that everything He does is through Christ by His Spirit. He will not do anything outside of that, ever, ever. Even Jesus coming to this earth to live a perfect and sinless life and to carry out a perfect sacrificial death for our selfishness and our sinfulness. It took the Holy Spirit. It took the Holy Spirit. This Recently we met a, a woman who said the Holy Spirit's not God. Little does she know if the Holy Spirit's not God, Jesus can't save nobody. If the Holy Spirit is not God, Jesus can't save nobody. Because he couldn't save me just as a man. He had to save me being an obedient man. To who? To God. But how? He had to be hearing something. He had to be being led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit led him into every situation he ever experienced. The Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The Holy Spirit led him up Calvary's hill. The Holy Spirit led him all the way up to the point of his death. The Holy Spirit led him into paradise. And the Holy Spirit led him all the way to heaven when it was all done, after 40 days after he'd risen. We see in this one Bible verse, the Godhead. And that what God does, he does it all through Christ by his Spirit. The Bible says here in Hebrews 9 and 14, how much more, it's talking about more for you, how much more for you, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, who's the eternal Spirit? The Spirit of God. There's nothing eternal but God. You have eternal life, but you had a beginning. God doesn't. He's eternal. He's from everlasting, no beginning, to everlasting, no ending. You had a beginning. Your beginning was in the everlasting one. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God? How did he do it? Where did the power of Christ come from? Through the Holy Spirit. It took the Holy Spirit. It took God leading His Son to the cross by His Spirit. It took the Holy Spirit. And I thought I was thinking about all this today and praying over this, and the Lord showed me how Jesus embodied the rivers of living water. Remember, we talked about it earlier. He, he had the Spirit without measure. That means the rivers of living water were in Him Oh, like a, like a mighty tidal wave. And the Spirit of God, those rivers of living water, 
led him to Calvary, and when he died, that Holy Spirit, the rivers of living water, became this tsunami on offer to the whole world. Rivers of living water came out through a pierced rock on Calvary's cross. But it says that what he did there, the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. See, it took the Holy Spirit for a perfect life, even in Jesus. It took the, Even though he didn't have a sin nature like we do, it still took the Holy Spirit guiding him. Why? Because he, if he ever did one thing, one thing in his entire life that was without the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he couldn't have saved us. He couldn't have saved us. He had to be 110% selfless. See, that's what our problem is. Selfishness. I'm speaking for myself. I know y'all done got holy clouds floating above y'all. But he died for us, the selfless, completely selfless one, for the completely selfish one. And it took the Holy Spirit for him to work the miracles, to never commit a sin, to be able to walk through those that wanted to throw him off a mountain, to turn water into wine. He had to be receiving instruction every minute of his life. And he said that. He said, I don't do anything unless I see my father doing it. I don't speak a word unless I hear my father. But how was his father speaking to him? By the Spirit. By the Spirit. The same Spirit that led Jesus through a sinless life to lay his life down. You don't have a different Spirit living in you. you got the same Spirit of God. I think we need to, we need to be more... Man, reverend around to the Lord, toward the Lord. I believe this is where the fear of the Lord comes in, into t- discussion. Fear of the Lord. I've got God Almighty living in me. He's not way off up in heaven. He is, but he's here too. He's as much here as he is there. If we could grab a hold of that great truth, I believe it would bring great conviction on us. We got as much God in us as as heaven's got him there. Because he ain't all split up. Wherever, Wherever he has a possession, that's where he is. He possesses heaven. He's in heaven. He possesses me. He's in me. Hmm. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered offered himself without spot to God. Listen, this is the result of what the blood will do. It will purge your conscience. You remember the teaching on what conscience means? Co-perception. That means you're looking at things now the way your Lord sees things, co-perceiving. You have a co-perception, and it's His. You were born again. You no longer see that way. Now you see His way. If you keep looking at what He did for you and where He did it to you, you will maintain the vision that He gave you when you believed in that. But if you stop trusting in that, giving your heart to that, yielding to that, then the rivers of living water that could be giving life, that could be bringing the increase 
into our lives, it won't be happening. And believe me, saints, we know when it's not happening. We know when it's not happening. And it's a choice we make as to whether we'll say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I've got all this. I've got all these promises. I can be partaking of the very divine nature that I have living in me. I can, there's no end to what I could be experiencing. And here I am again, all wrapped up in me. But you know what? He doesn't tell you to go take a three-day course, go whip yourself over it, sleep on the hard floor without a pillow for a week, say ten Hail Marys, he says, can you hear me? Will you listen to me? Can you hear me? Do you see where I'm pointing you to? Will you look at what I'm trying to get you to see? It's not you and your doing. It's not you and your mistakes. It's not you and your good doing. It's my son and what he did. Will you behold that? If you behold that, then my spirit those rivers of living water will take you from glory to glory. If you'll believe on Jesus, not have, if you'll believe on Jesus, as the scriptures have said, out of your heart will flow, guaranteed will flow rivers of living water. That's the Holy Spirit working mightily in you, working mightily through you, where we become less and less ashamed of who we are in Christ, where we become less and less ashamed of the gospel, and we, we become more and more confident in who Christ is in us and we are in Him and the mission that He has called us to be a part of, the great commission. Amen. Everybody all right tonight? Go ahead and stand with me. We'll close here tonight.